Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East and North Africa analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Subscribe today at stratfor.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for joining us. France will hold a presidential election on April 10th. It's quite possible that no candidate will win more than 50% of the vote. A second round of voting between the two top candidates will take place on April 24th. But what does the presidential election in France actually mean for the rest of the world or for Europe? Here now is Adriana Bassoni, Reigns Director of Analysis. Welcome back, Adriano. Hey, Emily. Nice to talk with you again. You too. Listen, why does this election matter? Well, this election is important because of France's geopolitical relevance. France is the second largest economy in the European Union after Germany, and as such is a key decision maker in the European Union. France is one of the 10 largest economies in the world. It's the only EU member state that is a part of the United Nations Security Council. It's the only EU member state that has nuclear weapons. It's a country that is not only capable, but also willing to use its military force abroad to achieve its geopolitical goals. Um, but this specific election is particularly important because of the geopolitical context. President Emmanuel Macron, who is seeking re-election, wants to increase the European Union's self-reliance and strategic independence on issues ranging from defense to manufacturing, um, whereas his right-wing and left-wing rivals want a more isolated France that reduces cooperation with the European Union, which is more skeptical of free trade agreements, in some cases, some of the parties actually want to exit NATO. So it's a very important election because of the players involved and because of the overall um, geopolitical context in which it will happen. Well, it's interesting timing for that kind of sentiment of pulling back. What have been the main topics of the campaign? This has been an unusual campaign because the, the main candidate, the favorite candidate, President Macron, he has barely campaigned at all. His political strategy was to present himself as presidential, as a leader, by um, holding negotiations with Russian President Vladimir Putin over the war in Ukraine, by uh, pushing for sanctions against Russia, by taking a very active role on the global stage. So Macron basically campaigned domestically by presenting himself as a global leader, which is something that sets him apart from his rivals who have no experience at all in executive positions. There were no proper TV debates. There were barely no political rallies. Um, but still, it's interesting because even if we are in the context of the war in Ukraine and everything else that is happening around the world, the central element of the campaign was the rising cost of living. France, like most of the world, is feeling the impact of higher energy prices, food inflation, supply chain disruptions. 
um, the incomplete recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. So this is by far the main um, source of concern for French voters and all the candidates have um, different positions on the issue, but they all have put this at the center of their um, political platforms. Opinion polls also suggest that French voters are worried about the future of the healthcare system, about the future of the pensions system, which makes sense considering that France, like most of Europe, faces a prospect of an aging population, a contraction of the labor force that will create challenges uh, for the continuity of the welfare state. Uh, and these are issues that future French presidents, regardless of their ideology, will have to deal with. So this is why we have seen issues about the future of uh, the retirement age being uh, important in the campaign. That This is why we have seen candidates offering different solutions to um, expand France's healthcare sector. So these are all things that the French uh, electorate cares about. And then, of course, the far-right candidates in particular are pushing the idea that immigration is a threat to France's economy, security and identity. But it's interesting that this time around, and this topic was not as prominent in the electoral campaign as in previous presidential campaigns. Well, Adriano, can we separate out those candidates? Let's start with Macron. What happens if he wins? As the incumbent president, Macron is basically the continuity candidate. But having said this, it's interesting that the 2022 version of Macron is not the same as the 2017 version of Macron who won the first presidential election. Back then, he was a clearly a centrist candidate with a pro-business, pro-liberalization, pro-globalization agenda. But this time around, the combination of the COVID-19 pandemic and its uh, subsequent supply chain disruptions combined with the war in Ukraine and Europe's ongoing energy crisis have changed Macron, Macron's rhetoric to some extent. And this time around, he's all about the need to strengthen France's self-reliance in areas um, including energy, manufacturing, um, research and development. And, 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 and against this backdrop, Macron is promising massive state investments in sectors such as biotechnology, cloud technology, artificial intelligence. He has promised to implement a 100% French supply chains for electric cars, wind farms, solar panels, and, 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 and so on. Of course, many of these plans are too ambitious, especially within the time frame of a five-year presidential term. Many of them are limited because of the size and resources of the French economy. But, but, but just to um, make it clear, this is the core of Macron's um, um, rhetoric. He's promising a more self-reliant France in a more autonomous European Union. Um, Macron is also promising to cut taxes for businesses and households to promote investment, to promote domestic consumption, um, which it's going to have, if implemented, is going to have conflicting um, repercussions. On the one hand, 
this pumping of money into the economy will probably promote economic activity, but it could also make it harder for France to reduce its very deep fiscal deficit as well as its growing sovereign debt. Let's keep in mind that France's sovereign debt is currently at around 115% of GDP, which is quite high. Um, the interesting thing, though, is, as I said before, Macron sees the EU as a core part of, of his strategy to protect the French economy. Macron's government will push to give the European Commission the power to borrow on financial markets on behalf of member states to pay for continent-wide programs to boost the EU's industrial and energy independence. Uh, under Macron, Paris will continue to push for greater scrutiny of companies from outside of the European Union entering strategic sectors of the EU's economy, like telecommunications, energy, critical infrastructure, defense. Um, so Macron will push for a greater presence of the French state of, on the French economy and also for a greater presence of the European Union in the European Union's economy. Adriano, earlier in this conversation, you mentioned a famous far-right candidate. Can you talk to me about the possibility of a far-right candidate winning this election? Yeah, it's super interesting to note that while Macron, according to opinion polls, is in the first position and far-right candidate Marine Le Pen is in the second position and far-left candidate Jean-Luc Mélenchon is in the third position. And then you have a few others like the former television personality Eric Zemmour in the, in the, in the fourth or fifth position. It's interesting that if you combine popular support for far-right and far-left candidates, you actually discover that roughly half of the French electorate has anti-establishment and to some extent anti-globalization sentiments. This means that, yes, the far-right or the far-left will probably not win the election, but it could be a close election. Um, a, a victory by a far-right or a far-left far candidate is not the main scenario, it's not the most likely scenario, but it's not completely impossible. I would also say that the, 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 the yeah, ideological composition of the French electorate means that even if um, a far-right or far-left does not win this specific election, it will still be a possibility in the future. Now, speaking um, into more detail with, about what exactly a far-right or far-left president would mean for, for, for France and the European Union, should that happen, I would say that the prospect of France actually exiting the European Union is very unlikely. If you take a look at somebody like Marine Le Pen, who in the past campaigned on the promise of holding a referendum about France's membership in the, in the EU. She has pretty much forgotten about the idea. It was not as prominent as it was in previous electoral campaigns. I, and, I, and I would say that this is because the French electorate has seen Brexit, has seen how complicated and, and sometimes even chaotic the UK's exit from the European Union was, and, and, and French voters do not want that, especially not right now, considering um, the global uncertainty. So I don't think France's position in the European Union is at risk. Having said this, 
if somebody like Le Pen or Mélenchon becomes president, we will see a France that is more willing to act unilaterally, to selectively challenge the European Union, to selectively says, say, I don't care what the EU says about this topic, I will do whatever I want. So we will see a France, a France that is more willing to um, be a, a rebellious member state in the European Union, which I think will create, will raise long-term questions about France's membership in the bloc, which could make um, investors and, 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 and savers uh, a bit worried about the future, which could create um, the probability of bank runs, sovereign debt crisis in the bloc, and so on, even though this is a more um, long-term uh, fear. I would also say that um, if we have a France that is more willing to disrupt the European Union, is less willing to cooperate with the European Union's institutions and other governments, it would also result in a more incoherent EU domestic and foreign policy. It would weaken the um, decision-making process in the EU. It would weaken the European Union's influence on global affairs and open the door to greater influence from non-EU players like the United States, China and, and, and Russia. So at a time of... Um, increasing geopolitical uncertainty, having a French government that is willing to act unilaterally and that is willing to clash with EU institutions and that is willing to clash with fellow EU member states would actually weaken the European Union internally and externally, even if, as I said before, a so-called Frexit or, or French exit from the EU is unlikely. Well, that's a lot to consider. Thank you so much for that analysis, Adriano. Of course, nice talking with you again. Adriano Bassoni is Rain's Director of Analysis. You can see his work in Rain Worldview, which delivers objective geopolitical analysis and intelligence covering the global landscape. Subscribe today at stratfor.com. Right now, there's a historically low subscription rate. Go to stratfor.com for details. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.